Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. I am your host, Shola. Thank you so much for joining me today. The title of today's episode is The Glory of God. And um, I woke up this morning with a song that has that talks about the glory of God. It's a song by Naomi Rain, um, which you've heard me talk about like a zillion times on this podcast if you are a committed listener and in the song in one of the verses she says we want to be the people where your glory dwells we want to be the people where your presence dwells so I started I was singing and humming the song and then I started pondering about the glory of God the glory of God you know we always talk about it ah, we give God the glory I particularly over this period have had to always say I give God the glory give God the glory and I just started thinking musing about it and again I I, I really must say that I think I am in a season of back to the basics in terms of my work with God. And I was talking to a dear sister friend yesterday and I found out that God was doing the same thing with her as well. And, you know, we have a very similar um, born again testimony. We both got saved about the same time, 1986, um, 85, you know, slash. And we also attended the same sort of churches in those days where there was a strong focus on the word of God and the principles of faith and the doctrines of faith. And, you know, she told me so many things about how God worked in her life in those, you know, even as a very young Christian then. And, and it's really about the teaching that we all got then. And she was almost like repeating my, my entire testimony as well. So I realized that we were products of a revival, you know, at that time, which, which was a revival, a faith revival based upon the doctrines of the word of God and things have progressed since then and other things have then taken over but I think God is calling us back to that time I think we're in a period of revival we're in the pre-revival phase at this time and a lot is going to happen as well because God seems to be dropping the same stirrings in the hearts of his people like I said people who are deep and discerning all over the planet and speaking to this sister friend yesterday was very encouraging so if you're one of those people that God is staring up to just know that he's not only doing it with you, there is a move of God going on right now as we speak. Anyone who wants to be a part of this should sign up. It's, and I think it's a back to the basics revival. So gl- the glory of God, and I just felt, okay, you know, these are things we, like I said, we studied in the old days, which we don't talk about anymore. And I felt if it's, the, well, you know, I, I want to check the definition for glory. And glory, you know, talks about things like, you know, magnificence, splendor, the essence, greatness. When you talk about the glory of something, it's talking about, you know, the way in which, the thing shows up how it is perceived and in terms of the glory of god the definition you know um, described in some commentaries that i saw you know online is it describes god as the manifestation of god's presence as perceived by humans and i felt that that was an apt description because it describes what you know i have i found in the bible as well so let's get right into it i have so many scriptures to read i'm hoping this is not going to be too long for you guys but i think it's a useful thing let's really learn a little bit more about this god that we all say that we serve you know i think and one thing you will find throughout all this whole glory issues anyway i think maybe i should just say it right off the bat is that you find out that god is such a massive celestial spiritual being and presence and the way that and when you when i read i read like there were hundreds of scriptures i couldn't go through all of them in the old testament new testament glory 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 and i and, and i just wonder how it is that we have re- reduced jesus and um, god into things into houses into cars into jobs because when you read the bible talking about him none of those things feature you know in terms of describing god nothing material 
I mean, in terms of, you know, brick and mortar, stone, steel, glass, you know, jewels. Anyway, well, anyways, let's just get right into it. So, Revelations 21 verse 23. And I have two headline scriptures. And one of them says, And the city has no need of sun or moon. So this was talking about the holy city of the Lord. This is Revelations talking about the promise of the new heaven and the new earth and the new city, um, the Lord's city, I think Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem that will come when at the end of days when all things have gone and God has restored, you know, his ways onto the to the into the earth and the entire planetary system, universe, everything, galaxy, whatever, and you know. God is ruling and reigning all in all. We look forward to that day awesomely. And he says, and the city, that's the holy city of the Lord, it will have no need of sun or moon. So God will be the illumination to, for the glory of God gives its light and its lamp is the lamp. So it says the glory of God gives its light. So you can imagine a city that does not need sun, does not need moon, doesn't need moonlight, does not need sunlight. So how bright will the glory of God be to be able to illuminate an entire city? That's, imagine the whole of Lagos now bright, a phenomenon that keeps that, that, um, the whole of Lagos bright without sun, without moon, and that the lamp, the person providing, holding that um, light is the lamp of God. Very significant, and I pray that we, we will get the essence of this. Now, Hebrews 1 verse 3 now describes Jesus, who is who we all know as the Lamb of God, as being the radiance of the glory of God, the brightness of God's glory, and the exact imprint of his nature, and and that he, Jesus, upholds the universe by the word of his power. So again, we see the link between Jesus being the lamp of the light of God, the carrier of the glory of God. And then in John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh. This is when it talks about in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, you know, the word was made flesh, and he dwelt amongst us. And it says, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So there is the glory of God that is typified, manifested by the presence of um, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible describes Jesus that by, um, in another place by saying, in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So God, all of God's power, his greatness and his splendor, he carried it and put it in Jesus. And he made him the Lamb of God, brought him to the world so that people could see what God was like in human form. So all of God's glory, God invested it in him. But in the Old Testament, there was a way in which the glory of God showed up. And I think sometimes, maybe because we we have beheld the glory of God, those of us New Testament believers, we see the glory of God in the person of Jesus and we just see that, you know, son of man manifestation. We are, we are not as mindful of the magnificence and splendor of the glory of God in the way in which the Old Testament believers saw it, which I think is part of the reason why maybe the Jewish nation is more able to, has been able to really manifest the power and the glory of God in their natural life than we have, because we 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 have not really understood, I don't think, the awesomeness of God as all in all, as in, you know, there's this, another scripture that says the heavens declare the glory of God and, you know... <laughs> It, that is really what it does. And what God has done... Anyway, let's go into the scriptures. Let me not try and explain it. Let's just go into the scripture. Because I myself, I'm still <laughs> trying to understand it myself. Anyways, so Revelations 15 um, verse 8 says, And the sanctuary... Now, this is also, you know, in Revelation, there was a lot describing about the temple of God. If you really want to know about how God's, you know, God's environment is like, where does he live? Who are the people around him? What happens in where he is? So that you don't get surprised when you get there. Please go to Revelation. Ezekiel to another powerful place that describes the throne of God, the temple of God, the beings that are there, how it 
works, you then realize that for God to even give us access to a place where even the people that are before him, they are not might, they are not small people. You just really wonder that, you know, why did, why, why does God love man so much, you know? Wow. Anyways, so Revelation 15 verse 8, it says, and the sanctuary, this is the sanctuary of the Lord in the, in the heaven where God is, was filled with smoke from the glory of God. So the glory of God sometimes manifests physically as smoke and from his power. So the glory of God also shows his, 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 his power. And he said, no one could enter the sanctuary until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. This was, of course, in the whole revelation where the whole end time things were going on and there were seven plagues being released by, um, released by the seven angels. So even in heaven where there were celestial beings that if you and I see, we will fall on the floor and probably never recover from it. Those same celestial beings could not enter into the sanctuary because the smoke from the glory of God filled the entire place. Okay, so they had to wait for what God was trying to do to the angels before they could even enter in. Then, another scripture again, Exodus 13 verse 21. This is describing the experience of the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness. It says that the Lord went before them. So they were in the wilderness, God had delivered them from Egypt, they didn't know where to go, and God led them with his glory. So what happened to them is that during the day, a pillar of cloud will Will be, will be ahead of, on top of them and they will be following the cloud to know where they should be walked walk to. You know, they were trying to get to the promised land. And at night, it was a fire that gave them light. So they were because of that, they were then able to travel by day and by night. That's the glory of God that the children of Israel experienced. So that was the way that the children of God um, in the Old Testament experienced the glory of God. It was very, very real to them. So it was a cloud and a smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night, which was absolutely awesome. Most of us New Testament believers haven't seen this, but God hasn't changed. He's still the same God yesterday, today, and forever. If we now look at, like I said, Ezekiel had lots of scriptures talking about the glory of God. So um, Ezekiel 43, verse, 20, verse 2 to 5 um, and I read, it says, Behold, the glory of God of Israel, behold, the glory of the God of Israel was coming from the way of the east, his voice like the sound of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory. So the voice of the um, of God was sounding like, you know, the sound of many waters, and the earth was actually shining with his glory. So that was um, a physical manifestation of the glory of God that Ezekiel saw. And there were so many references. Even Ezekiel 39 verse 21, this is also him speaking by the Holy Spirit. When he, uh, and this is God speaking through him. He was saying, And I will set my glory among the nations, and all the nations will see my judgment, which I have executed, and my hand, which I have laid on them. These are all prophecies of what was to come. Again, so that means the glory of God can actually be seen. God actually has some manifestations when he enables the glory of God to be seen. And now he's actually talking about a time when he will allow that glory to be seen physically by many nations across the earth. And that is the day of his judgment. So the glory of God, just like we had defined earlier, is a manifestation of God's presence as perceived by humans. And that um, manifestation can come showing his magnificence. It can come showing his splendor. It can come showing his greatness. It can come showing his power. It can come, of course, it always comes showing his presence and it can also come showing his judgment. So the essence, the magnificence of God 
comes forth. So most of the time, when you see the descriptions that human beings give to that glory, they use it. They use the physical, you know, they use physical things to describe the way in which they receive it, because we can only describe things based on what we have um, seen. So that's you. You will find that also in several scriptures. Some of which we're going to read now. So Isaiah sixty verse 19 to 20 is also like a repeat of the revelation 21 scripture where it was prophesying about the new earth the new heaven and what it says there it says no longer will you have the sun for light by day nor for brightness will the moon give you light but you will have the lord for an everlasting light and your god for your glory your sun will no longer set neither will your moon wane for you will have the Lord for an everlasting light, and the days of your mourning will be over. So the glory of the Lord will be so magnificent that it will be an everlasting light. The sun will be made redundant. The moon will be asked to rest from its work, and nothing like sorrow. In fact, so the glory of God brings joy because it's when it when it's just like where we have always said, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is no way for sorrow or anything that is completely. You know that your darkness cannot exist. So the glory of God, when it, once it shows up, darkness flees. Excellent. So this glory of God is something that all of us need to really seek in our lives. And then when you, when we then read, um, there's Isaiah six verse three as well. It says, "Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts." This is um, a, an experience by some of the spiritual beings and what they were saying in God's presence. It says, "The whole earth is full of your glory." And then Isaiah 40 verse 5 also prophesies that the glory of the Lord will be revealed, that there will be a time when the glory of the Lord will be revealed to all flesh and all will see it together. Hmm. Those days are yet ahead of us, but we know that they shall surely come. Because up till now, only a few people have seen his glory. Moses saw his glory on Mount Sinai. The children of Israel in the wilderness, they saw it. The children of Israel also, when they were at the bottom of the mountain, when Moses was up and he saw the glory cloud come down from the, from the bottom of the mountain, the children of Israel saw it as a consuming fire. So while Moses was experiencing a cloud on the top of the mountain, the children were seeing consuming fire from downstairs, the people of Israel. And then Isaiah 60, that very famous scripture where we say, Arise and shine, for the light has come, for the glory of God is risen upon him, or upon thee, for behold, darkness covered the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. So God expects that as his glory arises upon you and I, that it will be seen. And that is the aspiration. In fact, Jesus Christ kept um, the, the, the mandate to us is, Let your light so shine before men that all will see your good works and give glory to um, give glory to God the Father in heaven that I ascribe the, the, the praise and the glory of what has happened in your life to him so people are supposed to see the glory of God in our lives when Moses went into the presence of God when he came out the glory of God could be seen on his face as in physically his face was shining physically it was as if they had put lights inside um, his, his brain cells it was shining on his face how come we're not experiencing that today and we have a, um, a new covenant that is based on better promises. Do you know the reason why? We are not experiencing it because we were too engrossed in trying to acquire houses and cars with the glory of God. We have exalted the things much more, I mean the created things much more than the creator. The Old Testament believers, they sought after the creator. They sought after the majesty of on high. They wanted to experience his glory. 
and God now felt, ah, uh-uh, rather than for these people seeing me in the cloud, in the smoke, in the, in, the, in the fire, let me send my son, of which I have invested all of my glory, the fullness of myself bodily, all of my magnificence, all of my splendor. The Bible describes Jesus as being full of grace and truth. And God brought him to come and die for us and said that this same spirit of Christ, I will give it to you so that we can embody that glory. What did we rather use the glory to do? To be looking for how to get money. In Ezekiel um, chapter 10, verse 4, still moving on on the scriptures around the glory of God, the glory of the Lord, so this is, I read from verse 4 now, the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub to the threshold of the temple, and the court was filled with the brightness of the glory of God. So this is Ezekiel again, um, sharing all his experiences of the glory of God, and I really encourage everybody, please just go to Ezekiel and just be reading chapter ten, chapter three, chapter. If you're from beginning, you want to. He he had oh Lord, he saw so much, and Ezekiel chapter three verse twenty three, he says, "I saw the glory of God standing there." So it's possible to see the glory of God with your physical eyes standing there. And, you know, we've seen in the Old Testament experiences of people seeing the glory of God, one person seeing it. You know, we've seen experiences of multitudes of people seeing it. God promises us there will be a time when all the nations of the world will see it. When the Son of Man comes, he says he will come in the clouds, he will come in his glory, and that everyone will see it. So everybody will see the majesty, the splendor, the awesomeness of God. There will be, all the people say that there is no God, in short, all that questions will be answered there and then, although it may be too late for some, but then we, that is, we, as many as, you know, can receive him now, it is also possible to do so. And our role as Christians is to make sure that that glory is manifest now, so that people can know that he exists even before his second coming. Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 28 says, Like the appearance of the rainbow in the clouds, such was the appearance of the likeness of his glory. So this is Ezekiel now trying to explain to you. Because if someone says, I saw the glory of God, you have to ask you, how, what does it look like? So you have to use something, you know, a synonym, similar thing to explain what it was like. And he said it was in appearance, it was like the appearance of the rainbow in the clouds. Such was the appearance of the likeness of his glory. He used the word likeness. So you know that it's not exactly a rainbow, but that the closest thing that he could use to describe it was the rainbow. And then, I, I, I think I'll now stop it here with, okay, so there's Isaiah 49 verse 3 where he says, this is what God saying, you are my servant Israel in whom I will show my glory. So God is looking for people in whom he will show his glory. That was his purpose for Israel and that is purpose also for all of his children who are um, children of faith according to the covenant with Abraham and according to the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ and the new covenant. First um, Kings chapter 8 verse 10 to 11 also describes the glory cloud filling the house of the Lord when the priest came out from the holy place. And Numbers 20 verse 6 talks about the glory of God and how it appeared to Moses and Aaron and how they fell on their feet at the time. So all through the Old Testament, glory, 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 glory. So many people had marvelous and the experiences and they all describe the same thing. I will bed it here on or we will all bed it here together at Psalms 104 verse 1 to 4 and all the scriptures I will write in the description so please just go and spend time because these are the days of Elijah declaring the works of the Lord these are the days where you know the Bible says to everything there's a time and there's a season this is not the time to sit and rest on your the days of enjoyment eating and drinking we have had enough of those days these are the days of Elijah all of us need to declare the works of the Lord and you cannot declare what you do not know 
So it is a time of seeking. If you are seeking, you are doing exactly what God wants you to do. Because the word in each of us will produce that which God desires for the nations in our communities through us at this time. So Psalm 104 verse 1 to 4, I read this this morning and I was amazed because he started describing the ways in which God expresses his glory using physical things. So I will read some of them. He talked about light being bright as a cloak. He talked about, he says, you know, he was talking about the glory of God and was saying, he talked about heaven and that God created the heaven as a tent curtain and that the waters as a beam. Um, and the clouds as his chariots and the wind as his wings and that the flaming fire was as his ministers. So I started reflecting and musing on all those elements. And if you want to use all of them as a type of the glory of God, there's a very clear story that emerges. And let's just have a short look at that right now. So in Psalm 104, verse 1 to 4, those physical attributes, light, heaven, water, and wind. When you talk about light, these are all attributes of the glory of God. So when it says the glory of God is, you know, brings forth light as a cloak, that cloak, what it means is that that light um, drives out darkness. So if you have the glory of God in your life, or if the glory of God shows up in your life and it comes, it will drive out every darkness, everything that the devil, everything that, you know, has come to steal, to kill, or to destroy, the light of God in his glory will just drive it out. It also describes the glory of God as heaven, as a tent, um, heaven like a tent curtain. And what that means is as a cover and a protection. So heaven with all of its power, with all of its presence, when the glory of God comes, it comes with the power of heaven, all of the presence of heaven, all of the magnificence and splendor of heaven. All that heaven is as the throne of God, all of that power comes in that glory as well. And when the glory of God comes as water, it comes to cleanse. It comes to fill. You know, Jesus introduced us into living water. He says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. It also comes to heal. So when there is a need for healing, either of the spirit of the soul of the body, when the glory of God shows up, it will come and bring that healing as well. And also, the final one, when he talks about the wind, he says he uses um, the wind uh, as his wings. Whenever wind comes, oh, what do we see in wind? We see power. We see strength. It may not be visible, but you can see it. You can feel it. So when the glory of God comes, you can feel it. And, and you know, sometimes when you attend some of these very powerful um, um, anointing services, you are, that actually happens where you feel the presence of God. You can't see anything, but you feel it. So sometimes the glory of God can be seen, but sometimes also it is felt. You can feel the power of it. So when the glory of God is depicted as wind, it shows God's power, his might, his, his ability to battle, his strength, his ability to destroy every work of darkness, and his ability to overcome the power of the enemy. Whenever the wind and the power of God shows up, I mean the glory of God shows up as wind, hmm, darkness takes cover because he knows that the Lord of heaven has come to drive out, he has come to war, he has come as the mighty man in battle. So we have seen... You know, in this Psalm 104, there are so many ways in which the glory of God shows up. So where exactly am I going with all of this? I think the Lord is looking for people in whom he will show forth his glory. Isaiah tells us that, his glory will arise upon us and that it will be seen upon us. That is what God is looking for. He's looking for people who will walk with him in such a way 
that his glory from heaven will be manifest on earth as a light to drive out darkness, as heaven, as a cover and protection upon his people and nations that will seek him, and as water to cleanse, to fill, and to heal, and as the wind to drive away every darkness. I can think of many situations in my nation that we really need the glory of God as wind to come and overcome, to destroy the works of darkness. And it's only us that you can do it through. Because everywhere that the glory of God manifested, there was always a man or a woman that God used to bring forth that manifestation. So today is just to encourage us all. Today is a Sunday. And it's a time that everyone around the world sort of like, you know, has a time of fellowship with the Lord. So this is a good day to muse about the glory of God and what it means in our lives. And whether we really want to walk worthy of him unto all pleasing. It is God's desire, like he said in Isaiah 49.3, to show forth his glory through his people. He's looking for vessels. My prayer today for all of us is that for everyone listening to this that has a desire to be used of God, that may you, Lord, arise and shine upon each and every one of us at this time. Let your glory be seen upon us, O Lord. And let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name. 